Welcome to the Joy Christian Center podcast. We are a family church teaching people to reach their world. We hope you enjoy this week's message. How many of you are alive? Awake? Amen. Ready to hear the word of God? Amen. That's about half of you. Praise the Lord. Hopefully by the time we're done, you'll all have been glad that you were in the house of God uh, this morning. Welcome again to Joy. Thank you for being with us. Those of you that are watching online, thank you for joining us as well. We appreciate you uh, tuning in, being a part of this. If you're watching during the week, uh, thank you for that. You know, the Bible tells us that when we, that it is the hearing of, of God's word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So thank you for putting some word into your spirit today so that faith arises in our hearts so that we can be a doer of the word of God, not just a hearer only. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, as, as we get started this morning, I just want to remind you of the week of prayer. Actually, uh, we call it a week of prayer. It probably would be more appropriate to call it the four days of prayer. Actually, I prefer uh, corporate prayer. And uh, we will start on Monday night right at 7 o'clock. Uh, just to give you a little overview of what we will be doing. 7 o'clock, we'll start, I'll start with just a little focus of how we are going to pray or what direction we are going to pray. Um, that's what corporate prayer is. We, we're not taking prayer requests. We're not just praying, you know, whatever it is that might be on your heart. I, I'm asking us to focus our prayer time. We'll start at 7 o'clock. I'll do a little five-minute-ish teaching. We'll have about 20 minutes of prayer. We'll close around the altar with a time of prayer and worship, and we will be done at 7.30. And I know the temptation is to think, well, I mean, that's only a half hour. It takes me longer to get there and back. Please make this a part of your evening. It, it, it is so powerful uh, when the church, when the body of Christ comes together to pray. And um, today is Sanctity of Life Sunday. And um, it is a day that we commemorate, we honor life, we remind ourselves, and, and we are thankful. I think that as believers, we're thankful for uh, some recent decisions that have been handed down by the courts, and thank you for that. Uh, but it is a time that we pray. It is a time that we rejoice together over what God has created. And aren't you glad that you've got life? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so one of the things that we'll be doing uh, on Wednesday night during our week of prayer and take all the baby bottles that we have uh, that have been turned in and all of those things. And we're going to bring them up here. We're just going to pray over them. We're going to believe God over them. We're going to speak life that wherever these finances go, that it's going to reach women. And, and women aren't the only ones that are affected by abortion. There, there have been, uh, uh, you know, there's, for, every, for, every, for every child, there's been a man involved. Except for, well, even the Father God. But for every child, there has been a man involved. And so, so this isn't something that just touches the woman. And there's parents, there's grandparents, there's other people that are involved in this. And so we will spend some time praying over that. Thursday night, we're going to pray according to the Lord's Prayer. Uh, I will be leading, I mean, I'll be here every night. But I'll, I will be specifically leading that, um, just a powerful time to, to, to praise God together. And as I was putting this together, just so, this is a little booklet. They're available. Appreciate you bringing them back with you uh, when you come to pray, but um, I, I thought as this series that we're doing called Live Different, I'm focusing our prayer time around some of the things that we've talked about uh, as it relates to honor, and uh, we'll talk about that in just a moment, but this idea of live different, and I've talked to a few people this morning and throughout the last couple of weeks that while this is kind of challenging, it has also been really good because we're talking about honor, and, and if you've not been here, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the last couple of weeks. Um, we're sharing some things that I think are really, really helpful, and next week I want to talk about the reward of honor. Honor has a reward when we live a life of honor, and that's why I'm calling this live different. This isn't a New Year resolution. 
resolution that's like, you know, a new year, new you. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, I think that every person, every single one of us should have maybe some, some vision laid out. How do I know if 2024 was a good year if I don't have a target? If I don't have a, if, I, if I'm not aiming my life towards something. And so this isn't, I think that that's a good exercise. You know, lay out some vision, lay out some goals, some family goals, some different goals that you might have. In fact, if you don't have goals, then I would encourage you to live different. If you're just drifting along, if you're, well, anyway, that's a whole other message I don't have time for. But anyway, this idea of live different, and, and I've been thinking about this scripture. It's found over in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. If you would go ahead and, it says this, you are a chosen generation. Who's this talking about? Look at the person next to you and say, he's talking about you. You are a chosen. And we can say this, I am a chosen generation. God has chosen me. I am a part of a royal priesthood and a holy nation. This is why you and I should live different. He goes on, we are his own special people that you would proclaim. Individually, that you would proclaim his praises because he's called you out of darkness. You at one time walked contrary to the ways of God. You were living a life of, of selfishness. You were living a life that, that was displeasing to God in a sense because you didn't know better. But now he's redeemed you. You've surrendered your life, submitted it to Christ. You're born again. He's now redeemed you. And you step into something else. You step into another kingdom. You are the redeemed of the Lord. You are ambassadors of Christ. You're new creations. You should not live the way that you used to live. All right. Praise the Lord. I think I'm in the right place. And so when we talk about this idea of live different, really my thought and my question is how do we live, how do we live a life of honor in a culture that is so full of dishonor? How do we live a life of honor in a culture that is full of dishonor? Because that seems to be the common denominators in life. I mean, it's everywhere. Everything that, that at one point in time we may be trusted in has been dishonored. And I want to give you these definitions again, living a life of, of, of honor in a culture of dishonor. The word honor means, it is the Greek word tima, looks kind of like time, but it means to value, to respect, to highly esteem and to treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. And think about the the main institutions of, of our life and our culture, our nation, and how we have allowed those, those foundational things to be devalued and, and to be treated as common and ordinary. And that's the idea of the word dishonor. The word dishonor, it, it means this. It means to treat as common or ordinary. When I treat any of these things as common or ordinary, I am living a life of dishonor. When I treat the things of God, when I treat the other people, when I treat the, uh, some of the things that God has created, that God has instituted, when I treat them as common or ordinary, I'm living a life of dishonor. Next week, I want to talk about what, there's a reward. Everybody say reward. How many of you like rewards? There is a reward to living a life of honor. There's a, there's a reward if we will put these things into our life. And so I want to get into that in just a moment, but I want to start with this illustration. Uh, how many of you like to eat? All right. I like to cook because I like to eat. But anyway, um, let's just say, and I, I want to use this illustration, let's just say that you were going to, you, you were inviting people over for a dinner party and, and you wanted to go all out. I mean, you weren't going to, you know, you weren't having uh, hamburgers and hot dogs. You were going to have like Wagyu beef. How many of you know what Wagyu beef is? Wagyu is way expensive. It's very, 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 very expensive. 
And so, man, you're going to have that. You're going to cook it up. And you went to Pinterest, and not only did you pin things that were great ideas, but you actually made them. You were all ready. You bought all the supplies, and you've got all the great side dishes and all the great desserts, and it's the night of the, of the dinner party, and people are arriving. you got like eight guests that are coming, and the house smells awesome and great, and people are coming in, and they're like, ooh, that smells pretty good. And then one guy comes in with a bag from Cub Foods, and he pulls out four Totino's frozen pizzas. And he's like, man, I haven't had these in such a long time. I was in college when I had these the last time, and I got hungry for these. And then other people are like, man, oh, man, I, I, I'd like a Totino's pizza too. Hey, hey can we use your oven? Uh, you know, get this other stuff out of the way, and let's put this into the oven because we want pizza. Now, how would you feel... If you spent time and effort and energy and a lot of money only to be upstaged by Totina's Pizza, we would not feel real good about that, would we? In fact, we'd probably be a little bit disappointed, maybe even angry, and almost like, get out of my house! Take your pizza and go home. (laughs) Now, if you like Totina's Pizza, we'll remember to pray for you during this week of prayer. (laughs) Here's my point. I want to read a couple of scriptures to you. Why do we live this life of honor? Why do we honor the things that God honors? Listen to the scripture in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11. You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. You're worthy. You're worthy to receive these things, but why? For you created all things. How many things did God create? God created all things, and they exist. Why, why did he go to the effort of creating all of these things? They exist Because you created what you pleased. Everything around us exists because God had a desire. God had a plan. God wanted these things that are around us to be here. Isaiah 43, 7 says, bring all who claim me as their God. For I have, notice this, I have made them all for what? My glory. Every single person, man, woman, boy, girl, have been created for God's purpose. And then he says, it was I created them. God is the creator. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, God looked over all that he had made, and he saw that it was what? Not just good. It was very, very, very good. How much did God make? He made everything. And then he said, looking over everything that he had made, that's sun, sky, moon, stars, it's trees, it's plants, it's people, it's everything. And God said, it is, it is very good good. So my thought this morning is let's not treat the things that God made like Totina's pizza. And, and I'm almost a little bit, man, I struggled with this kind of back and forth because this is, it's very, very simple, <laughs> not easy. And I was just like, ah, I don't know if this is like, but, but I, I feel like because we are inundated in such a culture of dishonor, We don't really know what is honorable. We don't really know how to show honor. And so I thought I'd go through the Bible, and I've got about six things here. What does God say that we are to honor? And then how do we show honor? And and so I want to go through these. Just hang with me. We have notes. I would encourage you, uh, grab the notes on your way out. If you didn't get some, they're also online. Um, and, 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 and just spend some time going over this. I've talked to a couple of people actually this morning too who were like, man, I've really, this has been a challenge to show honor at times. 
And so I want to just, just kind of quickly take you through a couple of things. Why do we honor or who do we honor? What does the Bible say about honor? We've already talked about this one, but the number one, I shouldn't say number one, these aren't necessarily categorically or, or in order of importance. They're just things that the Bible says. But, but we've talked about this one. First of all, we are to honor others. Look at the person next to you and say, I honor you. We are to honor others. Again, I want to read this scripture, Romans 12, 10. Be devoted to one another in love. Yeah, yeah, we do that. Got that. Honor one another, notice this, above yourself. We are to honor others, and that's what honor is. Honor is to elevate. Honor is to, and, and, and that's the culture that we live in. We, we don't live in, an honor that ele- in a culture that elevates. We, we live in a honor that decimates. We live in a honor that drags down, pulls down. That's the culture that we live in. And so we're to honor one another. It's, 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 we, we, again, we, we've talked about this a little bit, that, that we are to honor those that God uh, has put his seal on, his, his life into. And so honor begins with how we view or see people according to the lens of God, not our own filter. Because we tend to honor people based on our perceived value of them, our perceived worth. If they do something honorable, then they will get honor. But the challenge, the challenge is when people are dishonorable, how do we give honor? Again, it doesn't mean you agree with them. It doesn't mean you obey them. What it means is that you value them because God values them. You value them because God created them. And so we honor others. We, we, we tend to see people like they are, but God has, aren't you glad actually that God has this ability to not just see us as we are in our need, in our sin, in our shortcomings, but God can also see us as his children. He can see us as his ambassadors. He can see us as victors. Aren't you glad that God sees you that way and not the way that at times we actually are? God has this ability to see us kind of through both lenses at the same time. And he doesn't leave us in that sinfulness, but he elevates us. He brings us out of. And so we honor others. Number two, we honor authority. I thought I'd get this one out of the way because I know that some of you are going to struggle with this one. We honor authority because God created it. Listen to this, Romans 13.1. Let Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. And if you were here last week, we read a scripture from, from that Peter wrote. One of the things he said, we're to honor one another, we're to honor others. And, and then he says, honor the king, the emperor. That was Nero, who, who was an evil, evil king, who was, about, was, man, he liked to see blood flow. And Peter's, that's a challenging thing. Now, again, that doesn't mean that we just obey. It doesn't mean that we agree. There is an attitude that we value. There's an attitude. I, I, you know, I, I just, I'll say it. I, I don't always agree. In fact, I very rarely agree with this administration. But I pray for them often. Heavenly Father, I thank you for President Biden. I ask that you would surround him with truth, that you would surround him with people that are like you. I thank you for the Vice President, Father. I thank you that you keep her safe. And and I pray for for our governor. I pray for those in authority because that's what the Bible says that we are to do. I knew that would get you excited this morning. (laughs) But here's the thing. All authority comes from God. When authority is removed, when order is removed, then chaos is going to be the result. And, and where we're living today, there, there really is, and I've used this scripture many times, there is no final authority. There is, everybody's just free to decide, well, this is the expert I believe in, the expert I trust in. 
This is the, the news source. This is the political side. This is whatever it is. That's what, there is no final authority anymore, so we are left to just discover our own way. There's a way that seems right, but the end is what? It's death. It's destruction, which again is why I said it last week. Our tendency is to do what's right in our eye, but the Bible tells us that we are to do what's right in God's sight, in his eye. And that's a challenge. Christianity is simple. I don't want to go to hell, so I'm going to get saved. But it's not easy because I'm now responsible to be a doer of the word of God. And so let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. There are four authorities that we all have. Three for sure. There might be. There's authorities that we have in our life. Number one is governmental authorities. And we talked about that. We understand that. We should pray for governmental authority. You know, uh, uh, again, it doesn't. Doesn't mean that we agree, doesn't mean that we obey, doesn't mean that we just always do. If you remember back in the Old Testament, Daniel, Daniel was brought as a slave. There's King Nebuchadnezzar, evil king. And, and he didn't defy the king, he served the king. And by him serving the king, God put him in a position of great influence in the entire nation. And I think that's what God wants to do with the body of Christ. God wants to put us in positions of influence so that we can influence people around us, so that we can buy our life. In fact, if you read 1 Peter chapter 2 where it says, you know, honor the king, if, if you read that whole thing, he's, he's basically Peter is saying, don't let what you do detract from who you serve. That by our lives and our conduct, those who might make fun of the body of Christ... Christianity are going to be turned because of our life. Live different. There's a purpose. There's a reason for that. So we have governmental authority. The Babylonian culture was influenced by Daniel because I think part of it is because, again, of his honor towards the king. Uh, another authority is, is either work or school. There's a structure that, you know, if you're always complaining about your boss, always complaining about how it, tough it is, that's a wrong attitude. The Bible says that we are to serve our employer and work as, uh, work as unto the Lord. When I go to work, I'm not working for you. I'm not working for the man. I'm working for Jesus. Your teacher's not there to harass and bother you and bug you and they're so stupid and lame. Third area is there's family authority. We'll talk about that one in just a little bit, but family authority, uh, parents and spouse and all of those, those things. And then there's spiritual authority. Right now in this building, uh, Pastor Steph and, and, and her team, Pastor John is over there doing four, five, six, and, and your kids, if you have children over there, they're being prayed for, they're being ministered to, they're being loved on. On Wednesday nights, Pastor Tommy and Angela and his crew, they're here ministering to teenagers. We've got great people uh, uh, that are serving you uh, in our connections team. We've got great uh, small group leaders. And the Bible tells us, listen to this in 1 Timothy chapter 5, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is, is preaching and teaching. So there's spiritual authority that is in our life. And, and, and how do we honor? Remember the difference between honor and dishonor. Honor elevates. I, I remember years ago, Pastor Tim was actually, Pastor Tim and Teresa were children's ministry. And, and I had a moment where, because it was always kind of popular or funny to, to pick on the nursery. And I thought, you know what? That's, that's, that's treating as common. I didn't think it quite like this, but I thought, we're, we're not going to do that in this church. We're not going to devalue ministry to children. We're not going to devalue that. 
but we're going to elevate it. We're going to bless it. We're going we're to honor it. We're not going to treat it as common or ordinary. It is not an hour of hard labor to minister to children. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Pastor Brian. <laughs> so governmental authorities in our life, we honor authority. We honor our parents. Ephesians 6, 1, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. If you are a child in here, a teenager in here, it is the right thing to do. Many of you are not children anymore. In fact, you haven't been children for a long time. <laughs> Verse 2 is for you. Honor your father and mother. Yeah, but they were terrible. They were abusive. They were mean. They said horrible things about me. They were absent. They abandoned me. Notice that none of those clauses are in this verse. We honor our parents. We honor them. There's an attitude. Some are waiting for their parents to apologize, but their parents are dead and gone. And yet that's still hanging on. Maybe they didn't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe they were just living a pattern that they had already themselves lived and experienced. But we are to honor our father and our mother. And notice why. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you do this, this is what's going to happen. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. There's a reward with honor. There's power with honor. And so we honor our parents. We honor marriage. We honor the institution of marriage. I'm just going to, man, I didn't, uh, I'm going to. I don't understand the age that we live in. It's very difficult for me, I'll say it that way, when uh, gay marriage is what it is, where they are fighting for the right to marry straight people, Christians, are treating it as something that is common, ordinary, and optional. Well, I have to get married. I'll just live together. What's a piece of paper say? Hebrews 13.4, marriage should be honored. Should be what? Marriage should be honored. Marriage should be honored. It should be honored by all in the marriage bed kept pure for God will judge the adulterer and all of the sexual, sexually immoral. We should honor marriage. Like we honor life, like we honor things, we should honor marriage. We should live a life of honor towards that. If we are followers of Christ, then we should do the things that Jesus said to do, honor the things that God said we are to honor. Can I get an amen? amen. And then Peter ups the bar. Now I was, yes, that's right, amen, honor marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's read what Peter says. In the same way, husbands, give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but look out because she knows how to smack you upside the head. No, all right. <laughs> she may be weaker than you are physically. Generally speaking, women are physically weaker than men are. We, we I think, understand that. But I love the way that this says this, uh, uh, the New Living Translation. She's your equal partner in God's gift of new life. The way you treat your wife, because you're one, the way you treat your wife is the way you're treating yourself. And then he says this, and I think this is so amazing. She may be weaker than you are, but she's your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so that your prayers will not be hindered. You realize that when you're angry and upset at your wife, and I'll just make this a little bit bigger, your spouse, because you're one, 
That stupid, ignorant battle axe, that old nag, 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 nag. Get off my back. Pick up your socks. <laughs> no, I was not at your house. <laughs> it is a common thing with men. <laughs> God wants you blessed. We dishonor and then wonder why our prayers don't get answered. That's what Peter is saying. When you live a life of dishonor, when you're dishonoring the things that God, it's going to affect your prayer life. Surprise your wife today after church. Go open the door for her. Be ready to catch her. She'll pass out. But, but open up the door for her. Honor her. She's not weak. She's not incapable. She's not. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> We honor marriage. We honor one another. Number five, we honor generations. We honor generations. Leviticus chapter 19. Stand up in the presence of the elderly and show respect for the aged. Fear your God, for I am the Lord. Stand up in the presence of the elderly. Now, I'm not, actually, I was telling, as we were doing our pre-service run-through, I said, I expect that every time I walk into a room, all of you that are younger than me to stand up. And, uh, and that's exactly what they did. They laughed. <laughs> No, we should show honor to those that are older than us. Why? Job talked about this because there's wisdom there. There's life there. There's experiences there. We think that, you know, I'm on the other side in one sense, but I think every generation thinks, oh, that's been the toughest generation ever. It's so hard right now. I don't think we know what hard is. I don't think we've had to chip holes in the ice to get water too often. That's rice fishing. <laughs> if you're a younger person in here, you should get around older people because there's wisdom there. If you're an older person, you need to get around young people because there's something of value and worth that young people need. There's an example that they need. The Bible says that one generation praises the works to the next generation. So we honor the elderly, but we honor, also honor children. I love what Pastor Steph has. There's no junior Holy Spirit. It is the same God. It is the same anointing and the same life and the same power. Our kids and our teens are doing amazing things. Read through the Bible. God used children, and he used older people also. I, I, have, this geeky, I have this geeky hobby of metal detecting. Many of you know about it. And... and, and and uh, uh, I, I used to go to, they used to have this metal detecting geek meat hunt in North Dakota. And um, it was based on speed, finding the target, getting it out of the ground, getting on to the next one. And I would purposely move myself. I'd look around. We'd be standing kind of. I'd be, I'd be you know, in this. There's a target, there's an area that we would go into, and I'd look, purposely look for old people because they can't get up and down as quickly. <laughs> and then after, after several years of doing that, I noticed young kids standing around me. <laughs> <laughs> this shall be a sign. <laughs> so we honor. We honor generations. We honor that which the Lord created. 
And that's kind of my whole point this morning. We honor the things that God created. Everything that God created, he values. He places an importance upon. And if he places an importance on it, we should place an importance on it. I think that, that nature, I, I am not a tree hugger. I'm not that, uh, uh, you know, but, but I think that, that our care of the environment, our care of the, the, the things that are around us, we should be careful that we should take care of those. I don't think we should litter. I don't think that we should, you know, just abuse nature, go kill stuff because it's fun to kill stuff. I don't think that we should do that. Now, I'm not on the extreme. I'm not, I, I, I'm not like the climate change religion. Uh, I have a totally different view. Let me just help you. If you're afraid that this world is going to end because Cows fart, pass gas, and because we use electrics or gas stoves or because of the car. Now, I know, I, I know I'm standing on some toes here, but let me help you with something. Let's have a biblical worldview. I think it is important that we treat, I like to scuba dive, and, and I know that, that how we treat the environment has killed off a lot of coral reefs. And so we have to be careful about that and, and we, because God values it, because God created it, because God did it for us, we should take care of it, but we should not live in fear. Amen. God gave this earth an assignment and this earth will last, it will continue until that assignment has been completed. You and I, humanity, is not going to destroy it until every jot and every tittle of the plan and word and will of God is accomplished. Let me read this scripture in Psalm 119. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You who, you establish the earth and it abides. Heaven and earth will not pass away until every jot and every tittle has been completed. Every part, every punctuation mark of the plan of God will be completed. And then we're eventually going to get a brand new earth. You and I are not going to save this planet. So, these are the things that you and I are to honor. We build this life of honor. Honor has a reward if we will do these things. But how do we show honor? How do we show honor? Malachi chapter 1 and verse 6, it says this. The Lord's... The Lord of heaven's armies say to, says to the priests, a son honors his father and a servant respects his master. If, this is God speaking, if I'm your father and your master, then where are the honor and the respect that I deserve? You've shown contempt for my name. And you ask, how have we ever shown contempt for your name? And if you read through that and you go over to the second chapter, you find out that the people were offering to God what was left over. They wouldn't treat their father this way. They wouldn't treat their, 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 uh, their boss, their job this way. But they were giving God what was left over, and God was offended. God was angry about that. He said, "Why? where's my honor? I'm the one who made all this, created all this, did all this. How come you're not honoring me? I'm the one who deserves the honor. So how do we show honor to God but also to one another? I've got three things for you. Number one, we honor them. We show honor by putting them first. We show honor by putting putting them first. And, and first is a big thing throughout the Bible. God wants first place in our life. Seek first the kingdom of God. Put my way first. Do what's right in my sight, not what's in your own sight. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We're interested in king, the kingdom of God and kingdom business first before our own business. Give us this day our daily bread. There's a pattern there that we should follow, follow this, this idea of first. And, and it's why 
Attending church is, is important. We set aside the first day of the Sunday's the first day of the week. And it's a place, it's a way that we remind ourselves, okay, God, you are first. And before all of my stuff, I'm putting you first. I, and I hope when you come, I hope you get uh, something out of the word of God. I hope that you get something out of the worship. But ultimately, the reason that you are here this morning is because it shows honor to God. You're giving him the first part of your week. You're giving him the first. When, and, and I understand because it has been a guilt-driven thing. Bless God, you better get to church. God's going to smite you. No, he's not. And because of that, we have now treated as common and ordinary going to church. Let's get quiet in here. Now, I get it, man. You know, I, I, I'm thankful for Technology. Because I get it. I know that there are people who work, at times they work overnight shifts. They have to work on Sunday morning. Kids have, there's just stuff that happens. I get it. I get it. But when we show up, it is more than just we're doing something. We're, we're showing honor to God and we're putting him first with our week. And we're saying, God, I, I want to give you this force, first portion of my life and my week. We put God first in that way. In Proverbs 3, 9, uh, we use this scripture at times when we talk about giving. But it says, it says, honor the Lord with your wealth. But your wealth is everything that you possess. It is everything about you. It's not just money. It is your time. It is your energy. It is your gifts. It, it is your talents. It is all of those other things. I think I might have something a little bit loose here. Maybe not. When we talk about this, when he says this, honor the Lord with your wealth and, and with the best part, the best part of everything that you produce. Well, what do you produce? It isn't just money. It isn't, you know, again, this was an agricultural society. But, but what do we produce wisdom. We produce ideas. We produce energy or strength. And we have gifts and talents. And we're to, put, we're to give God those things. And when we do that, there's a promise with this. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Generosity is important. All of those things that we do with our life, but we honor God with our increase. That's how we show honor to God and to others, by putting them first. Number two, we honor with our words. We honor with our words. Listen to what James says in James chapter 3 and verse 9. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. This is the purpose that we honor. The reason we honor one another is because all of humanity has been created in God's likeness. And all of humanity is valuable and precious. They may not live in a valuable way. They may live in a very dishonorable, evil, corrupt, horrible, horrible way. But again, God is able to see people in their depravity, but also see them as he created them and wants them to be. And we find that in prayer. We find that when we would pray for people more than complain about them. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings we, uh, who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. Brothers and sisters, this should not be. I'm shocked sometimes at the language I hear Christians say. I think we should be careful. Our words are creative. Our words are powerful. Now, I, I could talk about swearing. You know, I, I get this a lot. Oh, you're a pastor. Pardon my French. I don't know French, but I knew that word. You know, I'm going to start saying, yeah, I knew French. I know French. But anyway, that's not necessarily, I, I think that it is important that we put a guard around our lips, our mouth. 
And trust me, I, I mean, I'm a guy, and I've, I, there have been times I found out why, you know, the phrase, almost enough to make a preacher cuss. I get it. You know, so I, I understand that. And, and, and quite honestly, I would rather, I've heard parents talk horrible things over their children. What's wrong with you, you stupid little devil? I'd rather hear you speak French than to talk over your children like that. Because our words are creative. Our words bring life or they bring death. We have to be careful. And how do we honor one another? Do we honor with gossip? Do we honor with lies? Do we honor with dishonorable things? Or do we speak life over them? So again, we honor with our words. Thirdly, we honor by protecting them. I think this is so important. We honor by protecting them. There's a great scripture in 2 Samuel. We'll read it in just a moment, but to give you a little bit of backstory, uh, a battle had happened. If you know the story between King Saul and David, David had been anointed to be king, and um, he was in that position. Saul knew, found out, King Saul, King, King Saul, a, a real battle of, you know, a battle of thrones and a game of thrones. And, and King Saul didn't really like the idea that there was another king coming behind him and then David was having victory after victory after victory. Great things were happening. People were like, ooh, David, David, yay, we like David, you know, kind of a thing. And so he was jealous and he set out, he was trying to kill David. Eventually, Saul is killed in a battle. And you might think that David's response would be something like, he finally got what he deserved. God took care of him. We're so, or let that be a lesson to everybody else in the kingdom. You come against me, God's going to kill you. Listen to what David said. A gazelle lies slain. The word gazelle, the idea of a gazelle means a, a, a powerful leader, a human dignitary, that kind of thing. And so he says, a, a gazelle lies slain, that's Saul, on your heights, Israel, how the mighty have fallen. But instead of the other emotions, all of the things that he could have said, he said, tell it not in Gath. Proclaim it not in the streets of Ashkelon, lest the daughters of the Philistines be glad, lest the daughters of the uncircumcised rejoice. 1 Peter 4, 8 says, Above all, love each other deeply. How? Because love covers a multitude of sins. The easiest thing to do is to expose the shortcomings, the weaknesses, and the failures of others. Never let it be from our mouths, our lips. Oh, Jesus, set a guard around my lips. Help me to not speak unworthy things. We honor one another and we bless one another. We need to be speakers of life to one another. Now, I know that this is challenging, maybe difficult to hear, but it's important. You know, how you ever heard of Babe Ruth? Babe Ruth was, at one time, he was he's very, very, he's a great baseball player. Actually, most people don't know, he was also a great pitcher. And uh, he was known as a great home run hitter and all of those other things and, and had a great life way back, back, back in the days before performance-enhancing drugs and everything else. Uh, I think his pre-game workout was hot dogs. And so, anyway... Uh, but he was known as a home run hitter, and, and over the course of his career and his life, he signed literally hundreds of baseballs, carried his name on it. What most people don't know is that he only signed seven bats. And for a long time, 
there were only six that were found. And I happen to have, Pastor Tim, would you bring that? I happen to have with me um, the seventh bat that uh, have it in my possession that uh, uh, Babe Ruth signed. And uh, actually, this is not Babe Ruth signed bat. Actually, it's signed by the power team, and most of the names are either illegible or they are rubbed off because I take this in my office and I, from time to time. But the seventh bat was missing for a long time, and uh, the man who had it in his possession was in a, in a, in a nursing home. He had no family, and uh, on his deathbed, he gave that bat to his nurse. His nurse had no idea who Babe Ruth was, had no idea what she had, and she took that bat and she put it underneath her bed. She retired from nursing. She had always had the desire to, to, to have a restaurant. And, um, and so she's like, man, how can I get some money? And she saw this bat and she thought, I wonder if it's worth anything. She brought it to a memorabilia place and uh, the person said, you have no idea what you have. They brought it to auction. It was worth $1.3 million. Why was it worth $1.3 million? Because Babe Ruth's name was on it. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been worth anything. But because the name that was on it was a, a great name, it had value. And I think most of you know where I'm going, but God's name is on each and every one of you. Not only is God's name on you, it's on every person. How do we who see such evil and such horrible people do such horrible things, how do we show honor? We show honor by, by, by praying. We show honor by, by, you know, I was asked this morning, how, how do you show honor to, you know, like the terrorists and different things? You pray for them. Because whether we like to admit it or understand it or not, God sent his son for that person. And he shed precious blood for that person. And right now their eyes are blinded and they can't see. They don't know. But there are tremendously powerful things that are happening in those nations that we often don't hear about. There are people having open visions of Jesus. And they wake up in the morning. They're telling people. They've had dreams and they're, they're telling people about, that. I saw Jesus and, and, and I now believe in him. Miraculous things that are going on. You know, uh, well, let me just say this. We sometimes think that the only way a person can get saved is in a church if they bow their heads, close their eyes, and raise their hand. And if we get their information, then they're really saved. No, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen? Would you stand with me this morning? And let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the value and the worth that you have placed on us because of your name. But, Father, we know that it extends even beyond us. It extends to all of the world. It extends to everybody. And, Father, I know that there are parts of this message that are challenging. But, Father, we want to live a life of honor that honors you, that honors other people. And so, Father, I thank you for that in the name of Jesus. With your heads bowed, with your eyes closed, if you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you would like to, would you just lift your hand up real high? I want to lead you in a very quick, simple prayer. Anyone at all, just hold your hand up. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, um, there is a, another, uh, well, let me, let me pray over you. No, let me say this, then I'll pray over you. Um, if you ever need, we're here ready. We're not going to push ropes, but, but 
If you're ever ready to, I know we've had a lot of hands that have been raised over the last couple of years and often wonder where are they, what's going on. Um, you can text a number. Uh, it'll be on the screen here in a moment. But you can text a number, and um, we will get in touch with you and help you on that journey. We're a family church, and we want to help you get to where God wants you to be. And so you can text JOY to 77411, and we'll get a hold of you and help you out with that. But let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness, your kindness. Thank you for the exceeding great and precious promises that by these we become a partaker of your divine nature. And Father, that's our aim. That is our goal, that we would become a, uh, uh, that we would possess your nature and then live it out throughout central Minnesota to be a light and to be a witness of the gospel of Christ. And so we thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have an awesome week. We will see you next Sunday hit it out of the park. You can find us online at greatjoy.org and on Facebook and YouTube by searching Joy Christian Center. Thanks again for listening.